Oh, baby, it ain't over till it's over. Is that a... So many tears we cry to keep our love alive. Oh, baby... You don't know that song? No, I don't think so. That's Lenny Kravitz song. That's Lenny Kravitz? Yeah, what about... Um... We were just having a really hard time remembering Lenny Kravitz songs. I beyond belong the two to you, ones. and you belong to me, too. No. Is this, are these newer songs, though? No. According to Google, it's 1998. So what has he done recently? What about, I gotta go my way. I gotta oh, go yeah. my no, way. Oh, yeah. No, I know that one. I, I know that one. Got to, got to know. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, wow. Your dick just fell out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how spot on that impression was. <laughs> I love that you were like, I know he performs because he was on a stage somewhere and his dick fell out. That's really, that's really, really rude, okay? And I respect you enough, Lenny Kravitz, to not objectify you in that manner, okay? And I saw- I didn't look at the pictures. I didn't look at them either. Yeah, right, you didn't. I, I didn't. You weren't curious. You weren't a little bit like, let's see what, let's see what Lenny's working with here. No, I really wasn't. That's not really my thing. Dicks. We put corners in a triangle, but we'll keep it 100 tie optional. With a person from a dance to acting on the screen, you know who it is, man, it's Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist, and you're tuning to them live. This is last name basis. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this is last name basis on Brick Radio. <laughs> Welcome back. I like saying it like on Brick Radio. Yeah, you really go there. You go you go full studio. You know what? You never How go full can... studio. <laughs> How can you not go full studio when we are surrounded by cameras yeah. everywhere? We are like such big timers right now. There's not one. There's not two. There's three freaking cameras up in here. And we've got like a flat screen TV. With our logo on it. With our logo. Not our faces. Because our faces. Because <laughs> our faces aren't part of the logo. Are not part of that image. But yeah, it feels really cool. I it's, mean. It's taking some adjusting too. Yeah, I know. You're not really used to being on camera like I am. Right. No, I'm not a star. <laughs> So I'm not used to public performances. I'm not used to being told to sit up straight or look in a certain direction or told that the lighting is too dark. Do you feel like you can be your true authentic self with I, all these cameras on you? I'm getting there. Eventually, I will only be my true authentic self in front of cameras. Okay, well, That's I, the transition. I believe in you. What about the fact that we have to be fully clothed? Because, you know, I had... that That's something I have to wrestle with still. Many a podcast with no pants on. Right. And it does feel a little... I mean, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're getting through it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting. Yeah, it's okay. Don't some time. say you're adju- like you're adjusting. Sounds like you're <laughs> actually. Adjusting. You're like, wait a second. Oh, now, mm, now I'm comfortable. <laughs> I'm gonna Lenny Kravitz this part of the show. <laughs> so what's going on in Brooklyn? We should we should roll that Brooklyn theme song. <laughs> do we have a what's going on in Brooklyn? We do. It's me going. Brooklyn. Goings on about Brooklyn. Yeah, it's me singing. No, we have a theme song, but do we have a segment? Yeah, we do. Oh, we do. I'm sorry. Are you prepared for this podcast, or is the president the only one <laughs> that came ready to podcast? Brooklyn, Brooklyn, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn? We are officially looking for a new apartment. It's been a long time coming, but what pushed me over the edge? Well, no, actually, it wasn't, that's a, it wasn't the mouse that we discussed at length on the last podcast. No, he's actually been one of the best roommates we've <laughs> ever had. No, it had to be. Well, again, this is not what pushed me over the edge. It was just like one more thing in a long list of things that I mm. hate about our apartment. Was it the bed bugs? 
No, that was two years ago, and we stayed <laughs> after that. No. It's the rash of thefts. Yeah, my freaking package <laughs> got stolen, which sounds really dirty. That's another euphemism for right. marriage. Right. You were like, I stole that package. That's Took it. Me. No, actually, <laughs> no, someone stole my package, and I talked to the super who is just not shit. He ain't been shit. He never will be shit. And he showed me on the security camera the guy stealing my package, this motherfucker's friends with him. Yeah, of course he is. He knows him, yeah. okay? Well, we got the stuff back, though. Yeah, but I mean... So we like... got the stuff back because this guy who's friends with our supervisor, or our, our super... Um, you don't make him sound like a supervisor. Yeah, he's not a supervisor. He he's not super... shit. <laughs> he's, he's He barely not... supervises the building that he is paid to supervise. <laughs> Every single time you ask him to do something, he's always like, I don't know what you want me to do. Uh, your job. Your, your job, job, exactly. is to take care yeah. of the apartment building. The toilet's broken, so what do you want me to do about it? Fix the toilet, yeah. please. Um, so I see him on the, on the security camera, and our super says, okay, I know what apartment he lives in. Go talk to his mom. Mm. So I go talk to his mom. Well, he doesn't live there. His mom lives there. His mom lives there. But she was sketched too. Because she was like, I don't know. First of all, she was like, I don't (laughs) have. She announced her own son. She did. Okay, and this is what I thought was suspect as hell is that Homegirl has a security system. Apparently, she is the reason that our building has a security system because she told our super that she didn't feel safe in the building. I was like, ma'am, you don't feel safe because your son is a thief. (laughs) Your son is making this building less safe. (laughs) And when you went to ask her, you gotta, you gotta tell him what happened because when you went to ask uh, about her son and where your package might be, first of all, she's like, "I don't have a son," and I said, "I don't have a son." I was like, <laughs> I was like "Well, I'm That's pretty genius. sure that you do have a son," and I was like, "He's tall-ish," and you know, I kind of tried to describe him as much as possible, and then she opened the door. You know, the one you gave birth to, that one. <laughs> I was like, "He had my package," so she opened the door, and here's the thing. Apparently, she's, like, super security conscious because she has a huge camera outside of her apartment, like, pointed at whoever's at her front door. So she realizes that security is important, even though she has nurtured a thief. (laughs) And so she was like, I don't have a son. And then she was like, okay, yeah, maybe I do have a son. Maybe. And so I said, you know, he took my package, whatever. She's like, well, he doesn't live here. And my response was, okay, well, can you tell me where he is? She's like, I don't know. I don't have his phone number. I don't know how to get home with him. I don't know where he goes. I don't know where he hangs out. Then she says, why don't you ask the super because he's down the block with his little friends and they hang out. And I was like, really? Really? Yeah. They're friends. Oh, yeah. Right. And oh, then yeah. you talked to him about it because I didn't. Well, I had... this is good because her denial of having a son and then her statement that she doesn't know how to contact her own son. She was like, I don't have his phone number. Right, right. Was just as good. I mean, the fruit really doesn't fall far from the tree because when Lenny talked to him, our super. Our, what Whatever. Our you can call him Lenny. He doesn't listen to our fucking podcast. I'm trying to, like, respect his privacy. Like, <laughs> fuck him. We'll Lenny, him Lenny, Lenny, Lenny. We started, we started this podcast on a Lenny. And we'll continue on, Eleni. Thank you. Okay, so you went and talked to him about my package. I did. So the guy calls him because they're friends. And Lenny says to him, you know, hey, uh, there's this package that you clearly stole. We watched it on the security camera footage. Yeah. He says, oh, you know, I wasn't stealing it. I had to send my own package. (laughs) 
and I needed the box. That was his excuse. I hate this man. Honestly, here's the thing. I hate that I always do this, but do you ever have these situations where you like want to have a conversation with someone and you like in your mind start going through like what the conversation's gonna be like and how you're gonna like give them the smackdown? I had it all planned out about like what I was gonna say to this motherfucker. I was gonna like ask him about the box and what did he need to send and how would he feel if he sent the box and whoever was supposed to get it like stole you know what I mean and I didn't even get that gratification because what did Lenny just bring it to yeah eventually he dropped out it was a set of measuring cups it doesn't matter kitchen measuring cups doesn't matter what it was it's the principle especially because you know sometimes we have stuff sent to the apartment and I want to make sure I mean first of all I did call USPS and I reamed them out for leaving my package. And then I caught them just yesterday about to leave another package right there. Listen. And then they had an excuse. Oh, of course <laughs> they did. They had their own ridiculous excuse. So uh, I called them and I told them like, hey, please do not leave packages in the lobby or whatever. So I called. I had them put a note in my account. I called Amazon. I had them put a note in my account. The post office called me the other day. I've never known that they make phone calls. But the woman called me. And she had the nerve to have an attitude with me. And I was just like, is this she in does your work contract? For the post office. That's what I was about to say. I've never met someone that works there that had like a friendly disposition. Like, ma'am, you called me about my package being stolen. And she's like, well, I mean, that's what happens sometimes. I'm like, well, oh, okay, thank you. Like, is this what, how, what? Yeah, that's what happens when you leave a package in the common space of a building without a doorman. Well, and then she says to me, well, we only leave packages if it says on the box that you can leave. And I said, I know that that's not true because you've left a number of packages at my door that were things that should not have been left. And I just called and left a message with Amazon and with you to not leave packages on my doorstep. And you just left something yesterday. She said, oh, it must have said on the box. I was like, I know for a fact it didn't say on the box. <laughs> you were really upset. I was so <laughs> The best part is that you, your anger has not waned in the two weeks since this happened. No, it really hasn't. I like. Every single day, I'm angry about it. Just thinking (laughs) about my measuring cups being out there in the wilderness by themselves when I need them to measure out my oatmeal and whatever other concoctions I am dreaming up in the kitchen. And then this motherfucker, why did he take them out of the box? Like, give me all of it back. Wait, he needed, well, that was part of his cover story. No, right, he's so He needed that box so he could send his own package. Oh, my God. Yeah, so. I hope somebody stole that package. I hope he really did send a package and it was stolen. Yeah, I hope someone did steal it from him. What also bothered me is when I texted Lenny and I said, hey, when is that guy bringing me my package? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And so I told him, tell him if he doesn't bring it to me, I'm calling the police. And then he mail. had it the next day. And then he had it. The, yeah, as he in did. stealing a package is fraud. Like, let him know. And his response is like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. I showed it to you on the security camera. I told you where he lived. I'm like, sir, you're smoking a blunt with him right now. I just know it. Like, I can just feel it through the phone. Because, like, that is his, like, hyper defensiveness tells me that he was, like, hanging out with him or something. Like, the fact that he brought the package the next day. Right. Like, oh Yeah, he knows he knows these people. He probably knows the crack smoker that I kick out of the building every once oh, in a while. Oh god. I mean it's just it's gotten to be too much and I'm ready to move on to the next one. On to the next one. And I'm putting it out there into the universe, Oprah Secret style, that I want a two bedroom apartment. I really want like an office, just so you know, when you and I need to get away from each other. Oh, is that what this is about? 
know, but you know what I mean. Like sometimes you just need to be able to have a space that you can leave and get work done. And okay, I feel so let me let me just get this straight. We have we'll get a two bedroom. Yes. One of those bedrooms will become your office space. You can use it too. But that wouldn't be really getting away from each other, would no, it? No, I mean, but we wouldn't use it at the same time. Okay, so we, we would have to not... maybe schedule in, you know, yeah, times exactly. to use it. We can have a calendar if okay. you'd like, and okay. then you can decide what times you want to be in there. <laughs> well, okay, for example, sometimes you want to play your little ukulele, and you want to play those same three notes <laughs> over and over and over there again. There aren't a lot of notes you can play on a ukulele. Mm, Let's start there. That's not true. Second, I've I'm heard learning. People, I've heard people tear it up on the ukulele. I have two, but they are u- masters. Right. And you could become one if you practiced in the room and not in the <laughs> living room or in the bedroom. I would already be one if you weren't so busy giving me a hard time about how I play the same things over and over okay, again. Okay, well, I'm just trying to help further your creative journey by giving you a space away from me. That you I can, can schedule pra- time, ex- practice time. Exactly. If That's the great. room has not been booked, you are free. <laughs> <laughs> you are free <laughs> to use my office, our office. Oh, okay. Whenever you would like. I can see where this is going. I also, you know, would like to set up my camera and stuff in there so that when I need to take pictures or I need to do video, like, I don't have to set it up. I can have like a cute little space, like a little funky Pinteresty inspired room right. to get my creative mojo on. You know, those are some things that I've thought about. I want maybe like a beanbag chair. I've always wanted one of those. <laughs> right. I just decorate it like the Google offices. Yes. Mm-hmm. There might be a scooter in there <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to get from one corner of the apartment to the other. Maybe if Phil is farting a lot, we could put him in there. <laughs> right? That's, yeah, I mean, yes. Yes, yeah, a quarantine room <laughs> for the dogs when yes. we fed them the wrong thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Stolen package, crack smokers, and the need for uh, a way to get away from one another. Mm-hmm. These are all very positive reasons to look for a new apartment, by I, the way. I think so. There's a few places that we can end that segment. Do you know what I mean? Like that's why that's why I just like stopped talking because like, I here's a good way to end this segment. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna stop talking. If we just stop talking, it's over. No, I mean I try to end a segment with like a finished thought, and then right. sometimes you pick the segment back up and it's already over, and then you're just regurgitating what we just said, okay, and okay. it's not really. Do you okay. know what I'm saying? And now we're podcasting about the podcast. See, meta podcast, and go to your room. (laughs) Go to to your office. I'd have one (laughs) if we had a new apartment. (laughs) Let's go into the animal corner. No. Why? What? These transitions are terrible. Okay, well, then you do it. No, but it's your corner. Well, if you think that you could do it better than I can, then go ahead. It's my corner. I feel comfortable shouting out Animal Corner before we move into it. Then who are you to say that it doesn't work? (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) Then you intro the corner, please. Animal Corner. Animal Corner. We finally have some good news with all of the hateful shit happening in the world. In this week's Animal Corner, there is a snail out there in the world who has finally found love. His name is Jeremy, and he has a... I didn't know this. This is so interesting to me. Did you know that snails' shells always go to the right? No, I 
No, I didn't know that. Okay, so they always go to the... spiral. The spiral always goes to the right. Huh. And therefore their body, like all their internal like little organs... Spiral one direction. Spiral one direction. So Jeremy the snail goes to the left, which is very rare. Like one in a million snails. And the problem with that is, is it means that it's really hard for them to find somebody to like get busy with. Because this is another thing that I learned about snails. When they have sex... They like look at each other in the face and mm-hmm. their sex organs are on their face. That's more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't I look at me. Help it. <laughs> that is so gross and rude. So they, they look face to face and then what they do is they like shoot little love darts. That's what they call their sperm, I guess. Love darts? Into their face. And then, <laughs> like, language being. And then the other one's face, like, catches it, right? And so they have to have the same, like, the same direction spiral. Otherwise, you're going to be shooting the love darts, and they're not going to go into, into their face Into hole. your lover's face. Into your <laughs> lover's face hole. Exactly. And so Jeremy the snail. This is all so scientific, Fred. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> your face hole and your love darts. <laughs> Here's what you do, kids. You put the love darts in the face hole. You go your separate ways. <laughs> Ew, face hole definitely sounds like a porno. Um, <laughs> we are off the rails already. Oh my god, you guys, we're getting we're getting cut from our network. <laughs> They're like, what did we it's sign been up? Fun. We'll be back pantsless on our couch next week. Thank you. So listen, this does have a happy ending. Oh my god, you guys. All of the happy ending. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, I know. I, I know. missed that one. Um, okay, so Jeremy could not find a snail to get busy with because he would shoot the little love darts and they wouldn't end up anywhere. They just would just <laughs> just out into the ether. Just land on their face, <laughs> not go anywhere. And so Canada Public Radio did a story about Jeremy the snail. Apparently, it got super viral. Everybody was into it, and this lady found another left spiral shell. In her garden. Oh, wow. And now Jeremy and this other snail, they haven't done it yet, but they're, like, talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They found each other on Tinder. Yeah, they they are the only animals that can actually slide into each other's DMs because, you know. Oh, little... I get it. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. I... <laughs> You're crushing it. Yeah, I am. I used to work in late night. So, yeah, isn't that, does that make you feel good that there's somebody out there for you to shoot something into their face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very pleased for Jeremy. And does Jeremy's mate have a name? Uh, no. Yeah, the snail's name is Lefty. I learned so much about snails doing this segment because apparently <laughs> there really aren't male and female snails. They have both sex organs, so they're not male or female. That's they're... what the love dart is designed to do, is say, look, I'm shooting the darts in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we know what you know what role we're playing. Yeah, from so here on out, they can they can switch it up. You know what I mean? Sometimes they're the pitcher, sometimes they're the catcher, and whatever. As long as they're both righties as or long, lefties, right? And usually they are righty because that's the way that most. That's the way snails go. Ooh, that's the way snails go. Do you do you know what song that I'm making fun of? No, you don't know what song that I is. I don't know any of the songs you sing. God, you are a certified white. That's like a staple. That's Janet Jackson. Oh, you know, one of my first albums was Janet Jackson. And you still... No, it was Mariah Carey, sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You could not have picked two female singers that sound completely... Well, I later owned a Janet Jackson album. 
Yeah, but you just mistook Janet Jackson from Ryan Yeah, Carey, and it was and Music Box, too. They're so... If that means anything. Yeah, but they're just so different, babe. I'm not saying they're the same. Be so glad that you don't have a black card because it would be <laughs> this is in the shredder. Okay. This this snail segment has been a downward spiral for us. Ooh, boom, right there. And it wasn't even a sex joke, so I'm keeping it classy. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So I've seen a lot of buzz online. As you might know, I'm I'm something of a Twitter connoisseur. uh, (laughs) What are are your numbers at right now? I'm at I'm at 1,733 followers. Holy shit, baby, that's a lot. It's a lot. I know. Good for you. Good for you. Someday people still won't retweet my tweets. But oh no, you're getting you're getting there. I've seen some. You know, you've got good engagement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you giving me my my Twitter rating now? Are you yeah, I am. A review of my Twitter account? Yeah. No, you've been doing a great job. Um, I don't I, know. I got. I I was told I made the ultimate dad joke ever. That makes that sounds like you. When I, <laughs> I'm not even a dad. When I posted <laughs> a picture of a bunch of white lion cubs and says this is the only acceptable form of white pride or something like that. Oh, baby, that's pretty punny. And you like pretty, to make you yeah. like to make fun of me for bad puns. Yeah, no, I I try to keep it a little more clever than that. But I couldn't resist. No, that was very cute. You, it was a pride of white lions. You did a great job. So what's been going on on Twitter that you would like to share in? Pat's new tweet. <laughs> Thank you. The, the new corner. New corner. They just keep cropping up. Mm-hmm. So Twitter is expanding its mute feature by allowing users to mute not just the accounts that they don't want to hear from, but also specific types of notifications, specific words, phrases, and even just total conversations. conversations. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about this. And we were talking about this previously, and you were saying how valuable of a tool that's going to be. Yeah, I think so. I mean... I definitely have a unique experience on Twitter in that I have a lot of followers, um, which means that a lot of times I get mentions that are just ridiculous that I don't want to deal with, whether it's just harassment or people just adding me to conversations that I have no business being a part of, whether they want me to check out their mixtape or... Yeah, check out those mixtapes, Oh, my God. I can't even deal. I don't even know if that ever works, but if you send me a tweet to your mixtape, like, I'm absolutely not going to listen to it. Um, (laughs) Or, you know... That's kind of cruel. It's... I mean... I'm just not doing it. <laughs> no one expects you to have to listen to everyone's honest with you. Or people will say like, oh, hey, do you know someone that makes content about this? And then they'll say, yeah, Cheska Lee. And then those two people will go back and forth for like days about the content or what they like or something like that. And then every single one of those tweets comes up in my mentions. Right. And it's just like, I don't want to mute the people because I'm they're my followers or I actually might want to hear from them later on. And so it just like clogs up my mentions and I have all of these times where I have to say, can you please take me off of this conversation, which is just like time consuming and annoying. So now you can actually mute the conversation. Right. And especially for when a tweet goes viral. My girlfriend most recently had a tweet that has something like 90,000 retweets. And if you've ever had a tweet go viral, you know that it's almost impossible to turn off your notifications because your phone is just like, going so right. nuts. Let's just Processing like, the new notifications so quickly. It's every single notification. It's moving so fast, like your phone will freeze up. Um, and so I turned those off a long time ago, but if people are responding to that viral tweet, all of those are gonna be in your mentions. So now you can actually just turn off 
or mute all the mentions on that tweet that's blowing up. And so I see this as like hugely beneficial. Yeah, I think a lot of people in your position would as well, not just because they're very popular on Twitter uh, and can really cut back on things that are being directed to them. Right. But also things like, I mean, when it comes especially to flagging certain terms and muting terms, absolutely, you can cut out a whole lot of, of hate speech. Hate speech, essentially. Right. Yeah, a lot of bigotry, a lot of sexism, a lot of racism. You can cut all that out so that you don't have to be bothered by it. Exactly. And and I can, especially for someone in your situation that draws that sort of attention where people specifically seek you out right. just to call you certain names. People and, tweet me and ask me to block them. It's so weird. Right. And then they go back to their friends and they use it as this sort of badge of as pride. Like a trophy. Yeah. To say, hey, look who blocked me. It's, it's so <laughs> weird. It's like they've got like a, I don't know, like a scavenger hunt. It's like, get Cheskali to block you. And, <laughs> it's like you know. they have no lives. <laughs> so yeah, I could only see like the positives. It was so funny because when we were talking about this, we got into the train and it was eerie because the train was super quiet and we were having this conversation about the pros and cons of this new mute feature and it felt like the entire train car was listening. Yeah, people kept looking the over. The entire at us. train was like on. Mute. And we were having a pretty hushed conversation. We weren't. We weren't speaking loudly, but everyone was taking turns turning their head and then looking away when I saw them looking. It was so weird. It was really weird. But I think maybe it was because we were having such a passionate conversation about the fact that I, again, I feel like maybe because I'm too close to Twitter and just like the target audience for this feature, I have a really hard time seeing the cons to it, but. You were kind of bringing up the idea of blocking out types of conversations that maybe you should be exposed to or right, absolutely. news or something like that. Yeah, because if you start blocking things that you don't like, you're going to eventually block out a lot of things that discuss those topics. You know, it's fine when if you can identify trolls specifically and say, I don't want to hear from you. Right. Or anyone who's just finding you to harass you and blocking that out. Yeah, you're going to be better off and you're not going to miss anything for knowing. Uh, well, that's not entirely true because just knowledge that there are that group of people or yeah, such a significant number see, of them. This is, why, this is where you and I disagree because, like, I, don't, you, I know that it's out there. So, like, why do I need to, like, well, see Well, you do. This is, just, this is just an example. And I'm not saying you do need to see them and I'm not saying you should have to see them. Right. But I'm saying there are repercussions, both positive and potentially negative. So if you start cutting out words like this, you might even, and maybe not you, but let's say a lot of other people who aren't as popular don't need to block things because they're so overexposed to it already. Right. But you can actually blind yourself, potentially, to a whole segment of society that you should at least be aware of. People can, quote unquote, block themselves off from information or just naturally by who they're associated with or what websites they go to, they're already not being exposed to certain types of things. So I don't necessarily think that a new tool, a tool that lets you actually control what comes into your timeline and into your mentions, I don't necessarily think that that's a, a terrible thing. See, I, I already think that we're experiencing a split in what people digest in media that allows people to exist in certain bubbles. Who, who was it? Was it was it our friend Alex who was telling us somebody set up, I think maybe it was Washington Post or, or one of the major news outlets, set up two Facebook feeds, one that was conservative and one that was, a, quote, liberal or Republican and Democratic. Right. Mm -hmm. And the responses that they got 
were from people posting news from very different organizations and having a very different conversation about the exact same topic. Oh, and yeah. What, and what that showed was well, that's that- been a huge criticism of Facebook, especially with this election, that there's been so much fake news that's been able to go viral on Facebook, and it's become very insular in the sense that, like, yes, if you're a very liberal person, chances are you are not seeing a lot of pro-Trump articles. And if you Correct. are a Trump supporter, you're not seeing a lot of articles that are critical of him on your Facebook feed. Correct. And but that's, I would and that's argue really, hold on, and that that's, that's always been the case. Depending well, just because it's always been the case doesn't mean making it worse is going to be acceptable or isn't something to watch out for. Because it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a spectrum like anything. It can be bad and get worse, or it can be good and get worse or get better. Right. So, I mean, if you're already a ways down that path, do we want to create more tools to push us further down a path of insular groups looking at specific news sources only and not getting a broader view. And it's not just so that people can be exposed to those viewpoints, but think about it. The people who have supported Trump inside of their bubble, those people need to be exposed to things. If they're encouraged to, for instance, mute certain topics or conversations, they might not get the exposure they need to make a qualified decision moving forward. Likewise, somebody who is just looking at things from the right perspective. They agree with your viewpoint, whatever it is, right? right? So you don't think that they need to be influenced, but they might need to know, like I was saying before, that other people are out there that do need to be influenced. Yeah, I can see that. So it cuts both ways. And I'm not saying this mute feature that Twitter is rolling out now is going to make a big difference, but it's one more tool that can encourage this to be more insular or or less insular. I mean, it depends on how you use it. If yeah. you use it properly, and you know that's what? Fine. And that's exactly the point that I was going to make. I feel like there are lots of really valuable tools out there that can be abused depending on if the person's intention is to abuse it. So yes, I'm going to use this mute feature to keep from seeing racial slurs in my timeline. Someone else could decide that they want to use the mute feature to force out anything about LGBT issues because they are a bigot and they hate gay people. Correct. So like, I don't think that that is the right way to function in the sense that like, you should be exposed to things about equality for others. I can't imagine why you wouldn't want to know some positive news about just like the rights of others or how you can aid in making the world a better place for someone else that's maybe not like you. But I think that if someone wants to use it for that reason, like that's how they're going to use it. That's not what I'm going to use it for, you know. Well, so it's not really about saying, well, you know, they're going to do whatever they're going to do because that's that's true. In fact, that's a premise. But it's really about creating the tools such that we can come to some sort of influence on one another but that's I positive think at the everyone. end of the day, people that want to be exposed to other things, like you can't force someone in the sense that there are lots of people who decide that they're only going to watch Fox News. And Fox News, the times that I've watched it, and I really was only watching it for work, and like, yes, I'm a very open-minded person, but I was watching Fox News to get a better understanding of like how super conservative people consume their news and what misinformation that they're getting and how to break through that. Mm -hmm. But that's because I wanted to do that work. People that watch Fox News in earnest they have just as much access to CNN or Out Magazine or Color Lines or any of these other outlets that have a more diverse perspective. They can go and seek those out if they want to. I think a better analogy would be if Fox News itself included a more diverse perspective. And that would certainly influence the audience. I mean, you have on this list here that there were sort of trial bots, right? You know what a bot is. It's just right. a robotic Twitter account. Right. Um, if it's on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. So it was a it's bot. It's an automated Twitter account. Exactly. 
So there were bots that were designed to combat racism. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was really interesting. It's fascinating. These bots went out and challenged racist beliefs. And then the people who interacted with the bots and had their beliefs challenged, it tracked their use of slurs and things down Later the line on, yeah. and found that they used them less if they were challenged on these things. So but, it's wait, really wait, about wait, 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 influence wait, but there, but there's, more than it's about just, just simple exposure. Yes and no. So what the guy did was he was looking for racial slurs and then he created four different bots. They were all male. He did a white male and black male and that was just by the names that he used and the avatar that he used. And so he did a white male bot that had 500 followers, which, you know, uh, insinuates someone that has a little bit more presence on the internet. They have more valuable opinions. They've stuck around for a couple years. And somebody cares what they have to say. Right. And then they had one with, like, a lower sphere of influence. So 500 is a good number? Because I've got 1730. Did I mention that already? (laughs) Way to make this very (laughs) good. You are a white bot. I mean, 500 was just, like, in his mind, like, the measure. And then the other one had two. And then he did the same thing with the black bot, like, 500 versus two. And then what he found was that if someone was using a racial slur and they used the exact same message that was along the lines of like, hey, remember there are real people out there who hurt when you use this kind of language. So Mm -hmm. it was very soft. When a white bot with a higher number of followers challenged, they were more likely to be open to it and then use slurs less over time in the two months that he monitored their account after that first interaction. When they were confronted by a black bot, no matter how many followers it had, their usage of slurs went up. Mm. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, this is really interesting to me in the sense that, That's like, fascinating. super fascinating. And it also kind of goes- am I Am I safe in assuming that the people that he tracked who interacted with these bots were primarily white? What yeah, you know? he did say the people that were primarily using these slurs were white. And I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he was looking at the most easily identifiable slurs, which are for, like, people of color. Right. And I thought it would be really interesting to do another level with women or LGBT folks. Like, I feel like that would be another way to track this and kind of see what the outcome is based on, you know, slurs for um, same-sex couples, things like that. Mm-hmm. could be really interesting. But... My main takeaway from this is something that you and I have talked about is just this idea of like calling in members of our own community mm-hmm. and that unfortunately if I call a white person out for saying certain things just based on this study alone I can't say that this is always the case but sometimes it can backfire and then that person feels like passionate about those negative feelings because somehow it's like a confirmation bias that like a person of color called them out versus someone that looks like them calling them out which sure oh just like reading this study just like made me so like a <laughs> little bit infuriating infuriating but also like it did kind of also give me Um, a little bit of hope because the main reason that he was doing this study was because he felt that when you do block people, when you do cancel people or suspend people's accounts, which Twitter has really cracked down on suspending the accounts of like alt-right people. You mean suspending more accounts is what they're doing? Yeah, they just did like a huge crackdown specifically targeting people that were identifying as alt-right, largely because those are people that were often engaging in hate speech and harassing people. Those are the trolls. Those are like a lot of the trolls. And activity by those exact same trolls fell off largely after Trump was elected. It fell off? Fell off. Are you kidding me? For me, it's gotten worse. Yeah. That's really strange because I think that it's gotten way, way worse. Because a lot of them were bots. 
Oh, right. And the bots were pretty much pulled because they had served their purpose. Well, I've dealt with a lot more of them. But what this man's study found was that actually suspending those accounts can often backfire and make those people, you know, more passionate about their, like, racist beliefs or make them engage in, like, more trolling, whether it's starting new accounts or just moving to new platforms. Right, which is Um, just like a, a form of don't push this button. Right. And everyone wants to push the button to see what happens. I know. And and I've even been told that, you know, when these people say, like, oh, block me, that blocking them in effect is, like, giving them what they want. And so it's really making it worse. Right. And so, you know, this guy created these bots in order to see, well, is there a way to actually have some sort of positive impact on these people? And perhaps it's, like, holding someone accountable through, like, their peers versus, you know, the big mean Twitter bringing the band hammer down and just right. kicking them off. Right, I don't know. I thought that that was really interesting. I think that's fascinating in that it shows the sort of language of influence. Right. And it shows how people can be influenced. I think it's fascinating because the fact that the white people had an influence on the other white people, whereas the people of color had less of an influence or even the opposite effect on white people is interesting. And, you know, on the one hand, it makes sense that people that you see as similar to you... They have more credibility. ...will have a greater influence on you. However, these people are identifying with white people... A freaking animated image. They're saying, like, oh, this white face means more than this black face. And not with people of color. I mean, it really shows the racist tendencies right there. Like, that fact alone is discriminatory. Yeah, I think what it is... And and again, this was specifically related to slurs, but big picture-wise, I think that it really says something about just our own internal biases. And I've seen that many a times where I've been in a room full of comics and a female comic will say something that's super funny and no one will laugh. But if a dude says the exact same thing, everybody thinks it's funny. And Mm -hmm. it's like funny is funny no matter what. But what package it comes in. Unfortunately makes a difference. Unfortunately makes a difference. And I don't necessarily And you get caught in this loop too where maybe you would think it was funny. But you know society won't think it's funny, or you know that the people around you in the room might I, perceive it differently. For instance, I was getting ready to say, though, I don't even necessarily, in this respect, I'm not sure that I feel comfortable saying that it was a completely conscious decision. Oh, in not some conscious. ways, I believe that, you know, yeah, it's who you're no. around, everybody else is laughing, you want to feel more comfortable laughing because other people are. But cultural are. norms, yeah, I mean, right. they work subconsciously, largely. Right. I guess I was just saying that to say that I can't say with 100% certainty, like, those dudes were all misogynist, but I do feel like sexism, racism, homophobia, sometimes those things are unconscious biases that we don't realize that we have. Like, we're not going out into the world and saying, like, oh, I think women are dumb or, like, not funny. Yes, there are some dudes that think that way. Mm -hmm. But I think there are also people that just as a result of the world that we live in have been conditioned to feel certain ways about certain types of people. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so I think this fits in with what we were just talking about, and it won't fit in for a second until I sort of give some backstory here. Um, is this um, is this part of the science corner? Science corner. So a professor named Benjamin Bergen wrote a book recently called "What the F," subtitle "What Swearing Reveals About Our Language, Our Brains, and Ourselves." And there's a lot of interesting stuff here. Some of it's really hilarious. Some of it's really uh, very eye-opening. Uh, the first is that he found that cursing 
could be linked to intelligence, meaning people who are more intelligent or at least have a broader vocabulary tend to curse more frequently. Really? Yeah, which seems counterintuitive. I, I mean, I curse a lot, so, so I'm into I. this. So do I. I curse a lot. I mean, now I feel fucking great about it because... <laughs> now, just the dams just have back, broken. Back, 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 back. I would think... The opposite, largely because when I try not to swear, and and here's the thing, it depends on who I'm with. When you and I are around each other, we get very comfortable, and so the swear words start slipping out. When I'm in a business meeting, for example, or when I meet someone for the first time, I'm able to curb my usage of swear words, but I will say, which is not difficult, but when it's you and I, for example, just kind of shooting the shit, see, I did it again. (laughs) You're so smart. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's really hard to not curse. I'm trying to be conscious about it as I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that when I try not to use like, I feel myself having to slow down and really think about my words carefully. Yeah, I pretty much stopped fighting that battle. Well, I was losing so badly. I know. It's such a bad habit. And And since we both do it, I think there's this sort of echo chamber that's created. Right. And And now we're just like, 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 (laughs) like, (laughs) fuck, like, fuck, like, (laughs) just curse words and likes. That's it. That would be a really great name for a memoir, P.S. Curse words and likes. I think so. Right. So I, I I would say the same loop happens with curse words. You curse a lot and then I curse a lot. We curse a lot. We curse a lot. It keeps going back and forth. What else did you find out about curse words? Was, we are really learning a ton on today's episode. So smart. So this guy, he discovered that there's pretty much four primary categories of curse words. Mm-hmm. He sort of polled a number of countries around the world. And he found that they tend to be one of four types, fall into four main groups. One of them are words concerning religion and the supernatural. So that's when somebody says, like, Jesus Christ, you know, Mm -hmm, or whatever. mm -hmm. Or what about holy shit? Holy shit, right? But that's actually two because one of them deals with excrement and shitting. Oh. Another one deals with um, sex and the sexual organs. So Mm -hmm. that's like, you're a dick. Mm -hmm. Um, Fuck. Go fuck your mom. You know, that sort of stuff. Patrick. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't say these things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Actually, it was interesting because I was in Italy once and a friend of mine who spoke Italian told me that there was a, a common curse word that Italians used or a phrase and it translated roughly to you Madonna pig Ooh. like with a reference to Christianity. Yeah. Which oh. I was like, that is pretty damn slanderous. Yeah. I mean, we say Jesus and, you know, you can get mm-hmm. a few people to turn their heads. Oh, wait. So damn would be in that religious area too? Correct. And then what's the last category? The last one is slurs. Mm-hmm. And that one was found to be the only one that actually impacted people. Slurs are tied to identity. I think that that's like the main difference, right? Uh, that makes sense. And he didn't really cover that, at least not from what I saw. Well, he should get his fucking shit together. <laughs> <laughs> You're out cursing the curse master. Actually, he doesn't, he, I don't know that this guy actually curses. He just studies cursing. <laughs> he's, isn't that a sad story? He just no. That's like he's like a leftward-facing snail. No, that's like the recovering alcoholic that works in the bar, or like the drug dealer who doesn't do drugs. Right. It happens. Yeah. No. It's you know. It's in those situations. It's pretty good actually. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very a, positive, positive thing. thing. Although you're really just. I God. I cannot imagine being an alcoholic and working at a bar. Yeah. Me neither. But maybe it's kind of like a test of their. 
Well, yeah, you don't want to Because that's what that. you want to do is you test yourself. Say, yeah, I was, as I was saying it, I was like, mm, that's not probably a good thing. So I'm going to fill the syringe. I'm just going to leave it here. Oh, don't do that. And, uh, you know, we'll just, um, we'll just hope I don't uh, put it in my arm. So what else did he say about the slurs thing? Because to me, it doesn't surprise me that those are the most hurtful ones or the only hurtful ones. Because, again, they're tied to identity. And if you look at what makes something a slur, it has to link directly to someone's oppression. Like, that's what makes it a slur. It's not just like a mean word. It's not just one that's colorful or or crude. It has a historical context attached to it that has to do with actually objectifying and harming people. So, yeah, that makes sense that those ones are the ones that hurt the most. Right. Well, I would think that that is a fair working definition. I don't know if that's actually a definition, and I guess that's kind of another conversation. Yeah, we you would know, have whether to like, or not, I mean, etymology. You know, then you have to start asking, is cracker a slur? It's Can not. it be a slur? Because it depends, you again, clearly haven't how been you... watching Decoded because we I didn't did. have... No, you didn't. Did I did, you watch but that episode? Because we talked about it on I that did. episode. I did watch that episode. Yeah, and white people created the name cracker, and it was a word that was used to describe... Cracker was a bad example. I'm sorry. There was no way of oppressing somebody with the word cracker. A slur is a tool of oppression. So, you know, calling someone a slut, that has to do with, like, dehumanizing someone and judging them based on their sexual history. It is a way to actually uphold their mistreatment and see them as less than, you know, whether it's diminishing when someone talks about sexual assault or taking away their agency of their bodies. Like, that is totally different from just calling someone a shithead. Like, there's nothing attached to shithead that has to do with actually like mistreating someone and that's what the difference is I completely understand cracker was a bad example I mean, like there's literally no a, slurs a... there's no slurs for men there's no slurs for white people I'll well, go with that I mean, you I'm, are the podcast the president pres- I am the president of the so I will go you also have a show that deals specifically <laughs> with these topics so I'm certainly not you trying to challenge it. you or... you, should, you should watch the show sometime I watch it all the time <laughs> I'm just teasing you jeez you really think I don't watch your show no, I'm just teasing you. Okay, I, I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that was really funny. So the most important part about what he found about the use of slurs is that even when it's presented quickly or, or nearly subconsciously, it can cause people to act more negatively toward the offended group. That does not surprise me. So they use the F word, mm-hmm. and this is how they studied it, by then having them arrange chairs for a group that was going to include somebody who was gay. Right. And they wanted to see, after hearing the F word used, how far apart they placed the chairs. Wow. And they found that on average, people who were exposed to the F word prior to arranging these chairs separated the chairs, not by a whole lot, but about four to five inches more. So they left more physical space between themselves and the person who was gay. That's super interesting, but also not surprising to me only because I read a study that was similar in the sense that it was talking about how people respond to jokes and how jokes about marginalized groups of people or jokes that center around ideas of culture that are still being shaped. For example, using the F word example, like same-sex marriage. So an issue that until recently was still one that was largely contested when jokes that had negative repercussions or were negative about that marginalized group or that idea were told, they lessened how people felt about that group. 
and they did a very similar study in terms of like actually having people fill out a form about how they felt about certain issues. And after hearing those negative jokes about gay people, they were less likely to have positive feelings about gay people or about gay issues. I mean, it seems kind of commonsensical after you you say it. But a lot of people, it, it does sound commonsensical, but how often... Do you have situations where you say something or someone says a slur and when you tell them that you're not comfortable with that or it offends you, their response is, it's just a word. Here's the interesting thing about that. Or it's just a joke. It's like, but it's actually not. Interesting. Just, you know. I'm going to give a glasses push to that one. I'm going to push my glasses (laughs) further up my nose on that note. So here's your quiz. Oh, there's a quiz? (laughs) This results in a quiz. You can play along at home if you'd like. Are you just going to say a bunch of slurs? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it's not me, it's the quiz. (laughs) It's the quiz. I have no control over this. Um, So tell me, are these curse words? Okay. And what category do they fall into? Okay, wait, the categories are? Religious, sex, excrement, excrement, and and slurs. Okay. Your first word is dick. Uh, that's, That's the sex one. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Thank Look you. at you. You're killing it. I've How about around, this one? I've, I've been around a few dicks. The next one. The next one. <laughs> <laughs> Not those kind of dicks. Know. Like, to, God, that guy's a dick. This is, this no, like, like you where, know, like. Where do we circle back to Lenny Kravitz? They're not a nice person dick. Gotcha. That kind of dick. No, oh, okay. Don't worry, baby. How about this one? <laughs> <laughs> shit. Excrement. That was me saying shit in response to you being uh, like, don't worry, I haven't oh, been okay, around okay, that many okay. dicks. Okay, I thought, I thought we were doing the quiz. <laughs> Fuckface. I'm gonna say that's a sex one. Okay, good, good. I think that I think you're right. I think you're right. It also deals with the snails. We <laughs> <laughs> circle back to the love to darts. Jeremy and Lefty. And you, let love darts all in your face. <laughs> Fuckface in the mouth hole. Your next one is mouth hole. <laughs> That's a that's a that's no. A, I just okay. I, just I thought that it. was a curse word. I'd never heard that before. No, but it would definitely be under sex. Um, how about this one? Pussy ass. What? That, you just made that one out. You made that one up. <laughs> You've never heard somebody say, like, you know, pussy ass bitch. There you go. I have heard that before. There you go. I had to say it in context. <laughs> this is like an SAT. I'm like, use it. It's like context a spelling bee. Clues. Um, yeah, pussy ass is a sex one. Is it? Is it merely a sex one? It gets complicated from here. Uh, well, no, because there's an excrement. There's a slur. Oh, mm. see, it could fit in the slur category because pussy is like a gendered slur because it it has to do with calling someone weak, and then that's associating that with like, you know, genitals. Yeah, I would say that it fits into the sex and the slur, and maybe even the excrement. Oh, ass! Because of ass. Yeah, that's true. That's See, true. See, I'll give you a, I'll give you a hmm, C minus. Thank you. On that one. On that one. How about this one? Ass hat. Ooh. <laughs> I would say this one's in the clothing department. <laughs> it's not actually profanity. You can buy ass hats. They're on there. Look them up. Yeah, uh, I would say that one then fits into the excrement. And the sex one. Okay, let's make this a little more a little more topical. Mm. Libtard. Oh God, uh, I would say that that one is in the slur category because it's it's a playoff of retarded, which is a slur. Yes. 
So yeah. and is directed at a group of people to a demean them. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they're marginalized, but well, liberals who is are, the idea. Yeah, but people who are disabled are marginalized people. So it's like the using, part that comes from the retarded. Yeah, yeah. I think so it's, a, it's a mix of those. Though. Yeah, and it's used to demean liberals. Yes, right. exactly. Mike Pence. <laughs> Mike Pence. This one. Um, I'm gonna say excrement. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. You did it. So I actually brought this whole thing up, the whole study, all of this, because I need to know, where does FUPA come into all of this? Oh, okay. If you don't know what FUPA is, (laughs) I feel like, you know what's so funny is because my mom listens to our podcast, there are all these times where I think, I wonder how much my mom is cringing and how much she's sitting there perplexed because she doesn't know what we're talking about. And I well, have, you're about to tell her from the sounds of it. Yeah, no, she's about you gonna learn today. <laughs> <laughs> so FUPA stands oh for God. Fat Upper Pussy. <laughs> God, I feel so <laughs> terrible saying that. I would say that that has to do with sex, right? I don't know. Well, what area would you put it's it bizarre. in? It's bizarre. It might not even be profane. That's the thing. I think. Well. Because the word fupa itself doesn't seem to be profanity, but it includes something that's clearly profanity. I think it's like it kind of is one of those like loopholes, you know, because you're using an acronym so that you can say it in mixed company. Like when you're a kid and you say itch instead of bitch. I never did that. Oh, we did that. Oh, that. We pushed it, yeah. (laughs) That's really I didn't say itch, but I used something that was like. You'd say like, ugh. Or frick, you know? Oh, that's so cheesy. Yeah. Um, Well, I was 10. No, no, no. And my parents were cursing all the time. So I was like, (laughs) I don't know what to do. Do I emulate or what? (laughs) Mixed messages. Um, Yeah, I think that FUPA is one of those ones that you use in mixed company or you say it so that you don't offend people. It also sounds like kind of cool. You know Does I mean? it? I think it sounds ridiculous. I mean, it's I not think the whole th- concept of an upper pussy area sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it is like the least scientific, most of not. That's like saying like the southeast quadrant of my butthole. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. The it's also quadrant of my butthole. <laughs> it's also extremely demeaning to something like to, that I think should be sacred. I would also say that I would like to buy that album, the southeastern <laughs> quadrant of my butthole. You would listen to that. I would listen to that. I feel like Atmosphere might make an album with that yeah, title. Yeah, that sounds like some dank shit. Yeah. Besides, like, we all know that FUPA is just like, it's all bush. (laughs) (laughs) Those are just people who have just given up the good fight. the gamut of smart and disgusting conversation in today's <laughs> podcast. I don't have a Florida man. Yeah, I do. I do. <gasps> you do? Florida man. Yeah, I tried to do a Florida woman because I was doing it and for you. Oh. And you're a Florida woman. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, listen, if you are new to our podcast, let me um, bring you into the circle of trust. Florida Man is usually a segment where I pick headlines about men in Florida, and then Patrick has to tell me which one is a real headline. And we're not just shitting on Florida. We are both actually Floridians. But because I have dropped the ball, Patrick is going to handle um, this episode. Handle the balls. Handle both of the balls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I was going to go for Florida women, Mm -hmm. you being a Florida woman, but... Uh, they're really oh, just Florida men are just far crazier than yeah, Florida I, women. Yeah, every single time I've tried to do Florida women, I've only found like two 
and they're and it's just like stabbed her husband who was abusing her. It was yeah. yeah, They're they're never they're never funny. They're always like, oh god. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I loosely have a theme today of Florida men and their passion for Florida women. Mm, Okay. So number one. Florida man accidentally butt dials 911 while cooking meth with his mom. Mm, okay. Number two, Florida man proposes to girlfriend, ties ring to an alligator. Mm, okay. That's pretty Florida right there. Yeah, yeah. Number three, Florida man severs his own ring finger to prove to judge that he really wants a divorce. Judge explains that he could easily have obtained an uncontested divorce. That sounds like something you would write with your lawyerly knowledge, but I'm going to hold on to that one. Okay, okay. Number four, morbidly obese Florida woman assaulted by several male manatees. Ooh, okay. I'm going to say the cutting off the finger one is the fake one. I've got one more. Oh, wait. Fuck, you didn't tell. Oh, Oh, you're already wrong. Sorry. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. Number five, Florida man shoplifted to raise money to bail out his wife who was charged with shoplifting. That's love. Mm, okay, and I already That's what know love looks like in Florida. The cutting off the finger one was real? Uh, was, I'm not going to tell you. Could you be. told me two seconds ago that it was, okay. Did I? Or was I just trying to mislead you, Fran? Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the butt dialing one is fake. Wrong. It was number three. Florida man severs his own ring for I didn't say that. Yes, you did. As no. soon as you went to the next one, you were like, oh, you're wrong. Oh, I have one more. About? Oh, my God. We're going to rewind the podcast. <laughs> and you, oh, my God. One thing, one no, thing no, Trump I... has taught me is that facts don't matter, oh, friend. Oh, my God. But I tried to give you a hint. I said, I said, I didn't, I didn't tell you, you know. No, but you said, said to start that I was wrong. You said wrong after I said that I thought it was the third one, that it was the cutting off the finger one. You can't do that. You're, you're, <laughs> you can't. Don't be a sore loser, friend. I'm not a sore loser. I won. I got it right, and I'm really proud of myself. Thank you. I'm glad that I won Florida women, <laughs> or Florida men that love their Florida women. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for playing, friend. Oh, thank you very much for taking over this segment since I was not prepared. We also don't have a listener letter, but we would still love to hear from you. You can always email us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet us to let us know what you thought of the episode using the hashtag last name basis, or tweet us individually at Cheska Lee. Oh, it's <laughs> optional. Sorry. Uh, what? Where? What? I just where joined the you? audience for a second there. I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I might write a letter. <laughs> I wish you could have seen Patrick's face. He was just like staring off into the distance, not paying attention to the fact that we were still. It's all these lights. <laughs> I'm just no. staring into the lights. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, please tweet us. Um, we would love to hear from you. I have to say... I think this was a really good episode. I had fun. We, I learned something. We cursed a lot. We offended your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in turn, made us sound really smart. Great job, Pat. Thank you. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was Last Name Basis at Brick Radio. Brick Radio.